Hello everyone and welcome to Balls and Whistles, a sports podcast from Highland News and Media. I'm your sports editor, Will Clark. Joining me as always is Andrew Henderson. And it's my last show for two weeks as I'm off on holiday. Yay! Woo! Yeah. I knew you were building something. I kind of assumed it would be music. I'm not going to lie. Sorry, Hendo, can you just excuse me for a minute? I've got my pal Cliff Richard here. Um, Can I just have a wee word with him for a second? Is that okay? Sure, I suppose you can. Cliff, I'm off for two weeks. You're off for two weeks as well. Got any ideas what we can do? It's a great idea, Cliff, but it's not a summer holiday, it's November. But have you got any ideas where we can go? We're going where the sun shines brightly. We're going where the sea is blue. Cliff, it sounds like you've got all this planned. I'm really looking forward to it. All right, Cliff, I'll see you later on. See you. Well, Cliff, you can go now. I've got a show to do. Cheers. Bye. Okay, I think that was one of your better ones, to be fair. I knew it was coming at some point. Let's go. Bye, Cliff. Was that £20 deposit? I enable it. See you, Cliff. Oh, well. Two weeks. Summer holiday. Sorry. I don't know where we're going yet. But apparently it's somewhere nice. I was I'm I'm quite glad that you picked him up on that because it's not definitely not a summer holiday at this point. Well it depends. He's not telling us where we're going yet. Uh, I, I mean I, yeah. you're not gonna get into New Zealand or Australia, really, are you? Let's face it. I right, Cliff, Cliff. Red light areas. Hi. Right. Cheers. Genuinely, can we have Cliff back every week? I quite enjoyed that. We'll ask him. I think Cliff's bring these bus. Oh no, oh dear. <laughs> Is that what you're going on holiday on? You're just going on a bus trip somewhere. Aye, we're just going on a bus and we'll see where the road takes us. You're clearly looking forward to this couple of weeks off, Will. Cliff loves a surprise. So. <laughs> it's going to be me, Cliff, and Hank Marvin with the shadows. We're going to have a great time. Sure. I have no idea how to segue from that into sport. Let's try. <laughs> That's You're going to have a great time on holiday, but it wasn't such a great time for Callie Thistle last weekend. Yeah, I'll do. See what I did there? No? Yeah. Okay, fine. I mean, the last thing that's done firmly, I don't think this is going to be news to anybody at this point, but Will, you were really, like, I was the one at the match, but you messaged me afterwards, like, you were quite passionate about Callie Thistle losing out to the bottom of the table. Is that a game they should have lost? I don't think it was. Um really disappointing I mean like I said I haven't seen the highlights you were at the game but on paper you know a, a team that hadn't won a game all season yes they have a new manager in John Hughes but I don't think he was in charge on Saturday was he not officially he was there and he did go in and give a team talk but he didn't as far as I know pick the team beforehand or anything like that but I think the most disappointing aspect was they were 1-0 up and apparently well deserved to be 1-0 up at half time and Reading your report and just um, the reaction from fans and everyone else seemed to be a just an implosion in the second half. Would that be a fair assessment to say, or am I being guilty of hyperbole? Implosion makes it sound quite dramatic. They just weren't at it. 
the start of the second half. And it's not the first time we've seen that. It was the same down um, a couple of weeks ago at, I'm trying to remember, Air was the game I'm thinking of, where they came out and started the second half really, really slowly. This time, again, it cost them. They conceded a couple of goals. And from there, it became quite an end-to-end, quite an open game. But they should never have been in a position where the game turned around that quickly. There was just something not right at Inverness right now. And it's it's difficult to put your finger on why because they looked so comfortable, looked so in control in the first half. The same sort of thing happened at Dunfermline, to be fair, earlier in the season, where Inverness played really well first half. Dunfermline came back into it after half time. There's maybe an element of other teams not playing brilliantly in the first half, just as much as there is Inverness playing well. But they've got to be aware of this by now, surely. You know, they have to be doubly on it when they come out for the start of the second half, because they know that's when they've lost goals in the last few weeks. And it's just not happening. And I, I could try and put it into words, but really, I think the best way to put across how disappointing it was is actually just to hear it from Dave Carson himself, because I talked to him after the match. And I think it was pretty clear to see and to hear, really, that he was not happy, putting it lightly. Yeah, you've summed it up, disappointing. Uh, we've started the game well, dominated the first half. We've come out and we've had a rough a rough 10-minute patch where we've conceded two goals and we've, we've lost the, uh, look disjointed and, and haven't coped with it. We haven't coped with that 10-minute spell and we haven't been able to get back in the game. So um, from the first half, which we, like I say, we dominated. Second half, 10-minute spell and, and we give ourselves a out and we play and we get back in the game. It's a strange one because from up here everything seemed quite comfortable and in control of the first half. What, what changed in those 10 minutes? Yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, I don't know, like I say, it's just uh, these things happen in football when you're under the cush a little bit or you've got to, you've got to really dig in and, and, and be solid as a team and a unit. And we haven't done that. We've, we've conceded two, two poor goals. Um, and then, like I say, to try and get back in the game when they've got a bit of momentum and they've never had a win and the whole man and fighting for each other, that's... That's team spirit that I've just seen from, from them sticking it together and I don't think we showed that in a 10 minutes spell. You're going to need to show it going forward though because that's five games now without a win, slipping down third on the table. It's going to be a big few weeks right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, if you look at the past two weeks uh, before, I, before I came back into the fold, uh, we played well but we haven't got the points. Um, and ultimately, ultimately, look, we'll turn up and, and if we have to fight and, and get a 1-0 like we did at the start of the season which put us... Uh, put us up the top of the league and, and, and where we should have been showed how, how how much we were all together and today I don't think second half any of us were, were, there, were there for the person beside us and we, we just weren't good enough all over the pitch. Again, what's kind of changed with that because again at the start of the season you know you were all fighting for each other, the team spirit was really strong and you could see that but from what you're saying it doesn't sound like it was there on the pitch. No, 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 look I kind of put my finger on it. Um, all I know is it's disappointing and, and every person in that dressing room really needs to go home tonight and reflect on themselves. Have they done enough for this football club? Have they done enough for the team? Have they done enough for the person beside them? Because uh, for me, I don't think they have. In the second half, first half, yeah, brilliant. Uh, we've kept the ball, we've got we've got a goal ahead, Everything. everyone wants to get the ball. We go behind, we lose two goals and I don't see that we've got enough character out there to, to bounce back in the game. I'm just talking to Barrage there, he was saying it might only take the one win to turn it around. Is that how you feel as well? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, confidence. Uh, winning breeds confidence, and, and at the minute, like I said, we haven't won in a few games. And, and look, boys, boys might be feeling sorry for themselves, but for me, like I said, we need to go home, have a good look at ourselves, have a look at the video, and ask yourself, are we doing enough? 
on a personal note, how are you feeling? Because obviously had that time away, yeah. totally understandable circumstances. Uh, you know, I hope everything's okay now for, for you. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, being out on the football pitch is, is, is where, my, where my happy place is at the moment. Um, like I say, first half I'm, I'm enjoying it, second half, not just because we go behind, it just gets, everything gets on top of you and, and like I say, we just needed boys to stand up and be counted for, obviously I'm pleased to be back, mm -hmm. um, I just want to thank everyone for the support that they've given us, um, but look, I'm here to try and win games and, and, and work with the team, today I don't think it's good enough, so myself included, I'll be going back and having a look at myself, regardless of what's going on in my life. I need to look at myself as a footballer first and foremost and, and make sure that I'm doing my best for myself in this football club. I have to thank Carson for coming out and talking to me after the match because he didn't have to do that, especially considering that was his first time back. But it was really strong stuff there from him, accusing his teammates of a lack of character, of not playing for the person beside them. You know, after things going so well at the start of the campaign and us praising their team spirit and them being able to win 1-0 week after week after week, sounds like something's gone wrong in that dressing room and I hope that's not sort of making too big of a deal out of it but that's the impression that I'm getting from listening to Carson there that suddenly all is not well at Cali Thistle right now. Yeah it was quite strong with uh, what he said wasn't he? Um, like well that was the example that I was going to say him saying that uh, he didn't see the character in the team to pull it back. Um, what else did he say? He said players needed to go home and reflect on what happened. and Yeah, take a long, hard look at themselves. Long, well, yeah, a long, hard look at themselves. Yeah, we've seen it, it in previous seasons where they've gone on a bad run and then they have what's seen as a really bad loss and it's issued a war cry from players. Um, you know, people like Carl Tremarco have come out with war cries. We saw it with Scott Arlodice as well last season mm. after they lost home against Morton. But pardon the pun, Moose to Dunfermline might be a kick up the pars. Um, you do like that pun, don't you? I do like that pun, yeah. And I try and use it as much. Well, I'm not trying to use it, right? But you know. we don't want to have to use it, do we? But, um, well, something has set in, and maybe a bit of lethargy at uh, Cali Fissel, I don't know. But something has gone wrong, and maybe it takes a result like that to just waken themselves up again and try and uh, produce a performance that's good enough to win. They, they got some credit for their draws at Rafe Rovers and Park... Well, maybe not Rafe Rovers because they were playing against 10 men, but Park Thistle, they played quite well but didn't put the ball in the back of the net. Mm -hmm. But you've got to put the ball in the back of the net if you want to win games, and it's not happening too often at the moment. There was Barry Wilson that came out and talked to us after the game. Billy Dodds wasn't there last weekend because of illness. Um, but... Barry was basically saying maybe the guys have gotten a bit complacent. You know, they're so used to having one one nil so many times at the start of the season. They go a goal up now and think, well, that's it, job done. They take their foot off the gas and it comes back and costs them. Um, he also did say there, though, and alluded to it talking to Carson, that they get one win and all of this could well turn its head. They go back on a decent run and they'll be desperately hoping that that comes tomorrow night down in Dumfries against Queen of the South. Off the top of my head, I, I think they've got quite a decent record against Queen of the South, and in particular down in Dumfries. So maybe this is an opportunity. You know, I remember a game last season down there on a Friday night on TV, and they won it 3-0, I think, and it was a really, really impressive performance. Maybe this is a chance for them to properly kickstart something again going down south tomorrow. Yeah, they've got a great record at Queen of the South. Um, 
I was at that game actually in the Friday night three uh, 0 win, um, and we were s- singing the club's praises, and then they <laughs> inevitably they went on a long run of uh, not winning games. I think it was only one out of ten or eleven. I think that was against Air United, but um, it then coincided with Robo stepping aside for a while, um, and eventually, you know, stepping down from his position as manager. But we've seen it earlier this season, Cali Thistle, disastrous um, League Cup group stage, and I think that's a fair word to use because they lost the Sterling Albion on penalties, and then they got well-beated Cove Rangers, um, maybe not reflected in the scoreline, but they did concede three goals. But then they got a great win at Arbroath, and then that spurred them on to seven wins out of the first nine games. So, you know, it, it just takes one win to start something. And they're more capable of doing it against the Queen of the South side, who are struggling uh, themselves. Um, second bottom of the table, ninth, only two points above them, Fermlin. But uh, Califasol have not had a great record against teams at the bottom of the league. You know, we've seen it against Hamilton. Played them Fermlin twice and they've not beaten them. But it's an away trip. It's a Friday night, but it's a game that uh, Cali Fissel need to, well, is it strong enough to say must win? Maybe not must win, but you don't want Kilmarnock to run too far ahead because they're four points ahead already now. And it's not just Kilmarnock. You know, Cali Fissel now down to third in the table. And uh, I think it's Wraith are above them and our Broth and Partick are really not far behind them at all. So there's a chance over the next week or two they might slip out of the playoff zone altogether if they don't start picking up wins soon. I will say on a slightly more optimistic note, you could probably argue that Dunfermline were in a false position being bottom of the table. And that's part of the reason Peter Grant lost his job because nobody would have expected them to be down there in the first place. Queen of the South have been in relegation battles the last couple of years and they're back down there again. So maybe this is a slightly safer bet to say Inverness are strong favourites. Maybe I'm reading too much into that, but I'm trying to be optimistic, try to give a positive slant on this in some way. I mean, on paper, Dunfermline look a good team, but I don't believe in false positions. If you don't win games, you deserve to be where you are. Um, and they only won their first game after 14 matches. They deserve to be bought in the league. But we were speaking about Inverness potentially being title challengers. It's a playoff the best that they can hope for now, given the recent run of form. I know it's not even halfway through the season yet. But um, it, it's a slump, and it's a considerable slump as well now, five games without a win. Yeah, you look at them being five points clear not too long ago, and now, like you say, four points off the pace from Kilmarnock. It's a bit of a turnaround there. Um, I suppose we're hoping across the bridge at Ross County for a bit of a turnaround in terms of league position, but in a better way, moving up the table rather than slipping down. They, of course, did pick up that one win that they hoped would kickstart things at Dundee. Lost against Rangers, been a couple of weeks since they played now, but this is the last time we're going to have a podcast before they play Hibs. I suppose we should look forward a little bit to that one. Hibs in a bad run of form themselves, and I suppose the international break probably came at quite a good time for them where it maybe didn't come at a brilliant time for Ross County. There's every reason looking at the stats, looking at the runs of form, despite County still being bottom of the table, that they should believe they can get a result against Hibs on Wednesday, right? Right? Well, they're scoring goals. That's not the problem for them. It's about keeping them out. Was it Ross County have the fourth highest... Um... The joint fourth high scorers in the league, yeah. But yeah. Two more than Hibs, actually, weirdly. Yeah, but they're all over the park. Is That's the thing, isn't it? It's uh, 
they don't really have a greedy striker as of yet. Um, maybe maybe that's what they're missing. Well, well, of course, yeah. You need to be successful. You need one guy. It's up front that says keeps banging the goals. And Jordan White, he's he's got a few. But do you see it with Alex Samuel and Dom Samuel and them becoming goal machines anytime soon? I'm not so sure. Uh, but you know. <laughs> It's it's the wings in the midfield that's really impressed me with Ross County creating all the danger. Joe Hungbo and uh, Reagan Charles Cook, you know, they're quality players. You know, they're they're the two rays of hope for me that uh, Ross County can get out of this. It's not like last season when Ross County failed to win a game between September and December. Every time they took to the field, they just looked like losing. That's not the case with this Ross County team, you know. They've got it in them to score goals. It's just tightening up in defence. And I'm not sure the ambiguity of who the club's number one is between Ross Laidlaw and Ashley Maynard Brewer is doing them any favours either. I think you should have a number one, and if anything happens at that number one, the number two comes in. Them competing each with each other for the jersey, I'm not so sure if that's a good thing. We've seen that ever since County came back up into the Premiership. They've always seemed to have had two goalkeepers that the manager set as a fight for them. You know, whoever plays well and keeps the shirt will have the shirt. Whoever trains particularly well, if the other one's made a mistake, will get their chance. Um, and it's something I think I've asked goalkeepers in the past and, and defenders as well. How much of an impact does that actually make when it's a goalkeeper in for six or seven games and then they change it for another six or seven games? And it absolutely does have an impact. I think we're seeing that this season with County across the back line, though. They, they had injuries at the start of the campaign. They were signing people right up until deadline day. Guys had to get up to speed. And it's meant that up until maybe the last couple of matches, they haven't really been able to have a settled defence as well as the goalkeeper. And that whole unit is, is probably the one bit you don't want to be tinkering too much with. The positive for them now is that they do have a fully fit squad. We talked about Jake Wilkins, I think, a week or two ago on the podcast. Hopefully now they're going to get that settled back five or six, depending on what sort of shape they want to play. And that's going to be it for the foreseeable future. And there aren't any more long-term injuries. I would like to think their defensive record will improve. I suppose we're just going to kind of have to wait and see. And, and the proof will be in the pudding rather than us saying he's better and he's going to improve them he's going to keep x number of goals out um we're just going to have to see what they can do when they're going back up against some of the league's top teams again in the next few weeks because we're back around to the second round of fixtures and you know we're talking a lot about their tough start to the season we're back into those teams again now i think blair spell will get back in the midfield because i was singing his praises at the start of the season but he's not really featured in the starting 11 thinking back to the game against rangers it was a midfield of five and there was no place for him. Mm-hmm. It was uh, Callaghan, Tilson and Payton. They were the centre mid three. For me, Blair Spittler was one of their best players. I'm kind of surprised that he's kind of not been involved in the starting lineup. I don't think he's suffering from any niggles or injuries, is he? No, no, it doesn't seem to be. And he was actually up for press this week and seemed to be totally fine, looked refreshed after a few days off that all the squad have had with the international break. Um, I think he's been a victim of circumstance to an extent because at the start of the season, it was him and Charles Cook that were playing out wide. Then Hungbo came on and made the impression that he did. And you're kind of left feeling you can't not start Charles Cook and Hungbo. 
So then it's more of a question of where does Spittle fit into it, despite how well he played. They did try a couple of matches, him as the number 10, where Calhoun has played the last couple of weeks. But Calhoun has also scored goals the last couple of games he's played. And I think he's got two in the last three games. So when he's in form, do you then take him out to get Spittle in? He's just kind of been squeezed out. Unless you're going to play Calhoun deeper, which doesn't suit him so much, or you're going to play Spittle deeper, which doesn't suit him so much one of them has to miss out. And I, I do feel a bit sorry for him, but you're right. It's a bit of a strange one as well, because I don't think you can have all three of Calic and Spittle and Peyton playing because you need Tilson there to be the more defensive minded of the three. Peyton still likes to get forward as well, even though he's not playing in as advanced a position. So I think it's just unluckiness, basically, for Spittle. Thinking about Spittle, can he play deeper foot? He has. He has in the past, but as I say, it's, it's how you balance the team if you're going to play him there. Because I don't think you drop Peyton. We've, we've sung his praises plenty of times in the past. I suppose you could, but I don't think that's likely. In which case, you're leaving Spittle and Callaghan battling for one spot. If, if I had the choice between the two, I'd probably choose Spittle over Callaghan. I, I just, I just, for me, Spittle had the better start to the season. He did. Callaghan, yeah. for me, that hit and miss. I can't argue with you. I, I think it's a judgment call that everybody might have a slightly different opinion on. Right now, Malky McKay is going for Callaghan. It wouldn't surprise me if for the next few games it ends up being Spittle because mm. I think both of them are good players and both of them can play a big role for this Ross County team. It's just that at the minute, Callaghan's got the shirt and Spittle has to try and force his way back in somehow. If I had the choice between the two, I'd probably start Spittle over Callaghan, but that's just me. Well, we'll see what Malky McKay does over the next few weeks. They've obviously got Hibs on Wednesday night. It's going to be a busy period for them. I think they've got, what's the seven games in December? It's maybe even one or two more than that. Um, but we'll be hearing a bit more from Malky McKay on next week's podcast. There hasn't been too much really to update on the last few days. Uh, so keep an eye out for that next time out. Will, you were at Clackley last week while I was at Cali Thistle. How did things go in the Highland League Cup? Well, the Cuddin are still in the cup. Uh, they defeated Strasbury Bissell 1 0. Clapton could have deserved it um, over the board. Kind of dominated the match, but uh, it took a goal 15 minutes from time from Martin Callum to seal their place in the last eight. And now the cup draw is later on Thursday afternoon um, after we've finished recording. So have a look at the Inverness Courier website to find out who they got. But it's a good win for Clark McCudden. Jordan McDonald thinks they can still win the tournament. Uh, they are the lowest ranked team in it, but you know it's a cup, it's one-off matches, and um, they're two games away from a final. So well done, Clark McCudden. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? <laughs> we were saying last week about how they shouldn't fear the top teams in the division. They're going to have another one of those tests on Saturday and back in league action when they go on the road to Bucky Thistle. Bucky, of course off a win against Nairn in the Cup, which we should mention as well. Uh, looking at some of the other games, Nairn have got Turriff, Keith are playing Brora Rangers. It's kind of everybody's game again at the top of the table after Fraserburgh losing just before the Cup. Clark could play a role in this title race if they can start picking up these sorts of results against the top teams in the division rather than just playing well. And we hope to do exactly that on Saturday when they face Bucky because... I think we've established before in the podcast how tough of a team Bucky are to face. Yeah, I mean, they are. I mean, Bucky, they've kind of fallen away a wee bit after such a good start to the campaign. But 
you look at that league table, there's only one of six teams that could uh, win the Highland League this year. You know, Fraserburgh 40 points, Brecon and Rothfuss both on 37. Then you've got Inverurie and Brewer Rangers uh, in fourth and fifth, not too far behind. And Bucky just behind after that as well. It's it's the most open title race in years. Uh, I thought Fraser Brown might have been in a position to run away with it, but then mm. they lose it home to Rothfuss, uh, who, congratulations, by the way, beat Forest Mechanics 7-0 on Wednesday night. You know, they're the real deal. Absolutely flying, aren't they? I remember a few years, years ago, Rothfuss getting beat 7-0 in score lines like that on a regular basis. They were the whipping boys of the Highland League but they've sorted their stuff out to now they're genuine title challengers. So I'm not saying they're going to win the league, but they've got a tremendous chance. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a great league to watch this year. <laughs> it's good fun, isn't it? Well, that's the word I'd use. It's it's really enjoyable to watch. You know, if, if you're not going to Cali Fissel or Ross County's got the weekend off, go to a Highland League match and just take it in. Yeah, it's good value for it, for sure. Um Listen, we'll be keeping an eye on the Highland League as it pans out as per over the next few weeks. But, well, came to you to talk about Clack the Con, but you're also talking to their women's team who are also in cup action, right? Yep, they're in the Scottish Cup first round this weekend. They are going to Rafe Rovers and they're actually playing at Starks Park in Kirkcaldy. So that'll be a fantastic experience for them, playing at a, quite a famous stadium, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's a strange ground, Starks Park, isn't it? You've got two really nice stands and what I can only describe as two decrepit terraced areas. But um, it'll be a great experience for uh, Clark McCutton women. Rafe Rovers, not that um, good a side in their own division. And manager Rob McLeod reckons that Clark McCutton are more than capable of achieving a result. Uh, they're missing a couple of players, uh, Claire Masterton and Gemma Hutt, who were ever present in the Highlands and Islands League campaign. Uh, co-captain Nicky McDonald might not be available either. That's not confirmed. But this should still have a good chance of progressing and getting into the next round of playing the, the top teams in Scotland. So wish them well. Elsewhere in women's football, Callie Thistle, uh, talking a little bit about them last week. They lost out to East Fife and lost a bit of pace in the Championship North. They actually slipped down to fourth because other results went their way, but they've got an immediate chance to bounce back up to third because they were on the road to Dryborough, who took that spot from them last Sunday. Again, best of luck to them, best of luck to Clark and to all the teams, actually, that we've been talking about so far because we never like to see anybody doing badly, it should be said. Um there is North Cali action as well, isn't there, this week? Um, I was about to move on, but there is a bit more football. <laughs> yep. Um, well, before the North Caledonia League, there's a Football Times Cup final in Caithness. Uh, Hallcock United against Verso at Harmsworth Park and Wick. It's a Caithness derby. So that could have quite a big crowd along to that, especially since it's a final. Um, two teams in the west of the county are heading to the east of the county to play, but... Um, you know, it's great that the final can be played at a Highland League uh, stadium. And um, two teams that are probably fair to say differing in fortunes. Hallcock United, I think they're third in the league at the moment. And first, so second bottom of the table. But it's a one-off game. So it should be a, a great occasion. And, uh, you know, even though there's a disparity between the positions, I think it'll be too close to call. So, and Loch Ness, top of the league. Uh, they'll be looking to stay top of the league when they take on Bona Bridge. 
uh, Invergordon not too far behind them. But uh, yeah, the North Caledonian League, another great uh, competition. It's uh, too close to go. And you spent a lot of time covering that. So again, you can vouch for how fun that one is to go along to. Right then, let's move on a little bit from football. And I'm looking at my notes. Let's go to rugby. Because after a free week for I think pretty much every team uh, up in the Highlands last weekend, Highland are back in action on Friday night on the road down at Sterling Wolves. Uh, again, I could probably try and describe how big a match this is, what sort of thing Highland are expecting. But it's probably simpler, to be honest, if I just leave it to head coach Dave Carson to do it himself. The things have played two or three games on a Friday night against local opposition, and it's yeah, it's been fine. It's just as I said the day before, it's just a different prep for the boys. That's the only thing we'll have to make sure of this week when we're when we're speaking to them that everyone's prepped the same way as the Saturday regarding food intake and water intake prior to the kickoff, so everyone's in the in the same bodies in the right shape and the mind's in the right shape for an 8 o'clock kick-off compared with a 3 on a Saturday mm-hmm. Have you had to switch up when training is this week to account for that? Yeah we were going to Andrew but the boys were quite happy we were going to have a session tonight um, on the grass pitch I see we've got portable floodlights now that uh, when our main sponsors HSS have put up for us so we can train on the full grass pitch as well just to get used to that before Friday so we'll have a full session tonight a uh, full on session for the normal time and then Thursday we'll just bring them in for about 40 minutes or so and just run through some gameplays and they'll just a very light session to loosen them off. Sure. What are you expecting from Sterling then? Uh, I watched their video well I watched a bit of it this morning the Melrose won uh, I think Melrose won 22-20 so at Sterling so not much in it just very similar to how everyone plays very good defence uh, they keep the ball for many phases and yeah they make their targets under so it's very similar to your Dundee's, your Ayers. Uh, they don't put it wide that much. They kick quite a lot, which if we have a, our back three in, on form, they could certainly counter from that. We'll look to do that tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the league table, Dave, and you're right beside each other in, in the standings at the minute, but you've got quite different records, really. You've won five, they've won three, but there's only the five points between you. Is there a feeling that if you go and win on Friday there will be a proper split in National 1 of the teams going for promotion and the teams battling against relegation. Yeah, it's going to be difficult to say. As uh, I saw last week, the air beat bigger. You know, it's apart from your Watsonians and Melrose, sorry, Watsonians and Baramure, I think everyone's going to have a say in how this championship's going to finish because it looks like everyone can beat everyone on their day, as I've said to you before. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly looking at this week, they're close to us, so if we can get a four or a five, that would stretch us ahead from them as well, you know? But from your own point of view, I suppose every game is, is so crucial now to get as many points as you can. Yeah, 100%. Say that with the players after the disappointment of the Gala game. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a long stretch. It's going to be hard to get up there. But if you put a run of two or three games together before Christmas and other teams drop a couple of points here and there you know you can be back in the mix before you know it because it's so tight up there I think there's 10 points between ourselves in the top of the league and we've got a game in hand over that so yeah I mean anything's possible it's, it's the strangest league I've seen in many many years that it's so tight and no one's broken away yet and obviously there's two adrift at the bottom but the rest are all certainly in the mix one way or the other Thailand will certainly be hoping they're still up there in the mix at the end of the season they do have a bit of a boost for this next match Hugo Crush is back from injury 
Uh, he started the season pretty well, picked up an injury, came back and then picked up another injury on the same ankle that wasn't related. He's finally, hopefully, touch wood, back in action for the foreseeable future now. So that is a nice boost for Highland. Like I said before, I don't think there's any other rugby this weekend. We're still in a bit of a break for the Autumn Internationals, but it's good to see Highland getting back into the fray of things and hopefully climbing the league table if they can get a result tomorrow night at Sterling. I don't know if promotions may be beyond them now, to be honest. I think they had two losses. They've lost their last two games. I think so, yeah. Against Gal and away to Carfa Queens. But like I said, there's not one team that's running away with it either. I think they're only, well, I'll look at the league table. I've got 11 here. points off the top, I think. Okay, 11 points. And it's not insurmountable, but it's certainly a bit of a, a gap to, you know, try and fill. There's games, especially at home. I'm thinking the games they lost at home to Ayr and lost to Gala as well. And maybe Carfrey Queens, a team that's not doing that well in the division. Maybe they could have targeted a victory there. They may have to be content with uh, placing National 1 this season, maybe look towards promotion next season. But, you know, relegation is not going to be a problem. I think they've probably done more than enough to steer clear of that. But uh, it's only halfway through the campaign, isn't it? So maybe I'm being a bit pessimistic. But I think Highland would have been looking to do better than they have. Yeah, I think there are definitely games that they would look at and think we could have won that and not just on paper going into them. Actually, how they panned out on the pitch, there are definitely games that they could have won. They were good enough to win, that they came close to winning, that they maybe didn't. The Gala one, I think, is going to be interesting. Gala, I think, have two games in hand over the top of the table as opposed to one like most of the rest of the league have. And Gala have actually lost the least number of games in National 1. So, you know, you might have expected Highland to beat them, but Gala might end up being the ones who end up leading the way, in which case that might not be so bad a result. I think Cartha in particular will be one that, you know, may come back to haunt them. But like you say, well, it's early in the season. Anything could happen. Nobody is running away with it as yet. We'll just need to wait and see how things pan out over the next few weeks and months. There's not really any uncertainty for another team I wanted to quickly mention. The Highland Stags have officially got their place now in the British American Football Leagues. Uh, we talked a few weeks back, I think, about them winning the Saltire Division as an associate member of BAFA. They're now officially a full member and will be playing in the North Division 2 next year. The whole league structures are going under a bit of a change in the off-season, I think maybe spurred by, a little bit by the pandemic, so they don't know exactly what that's going to look like, who they're going to be playing against, but they can get rid of any question marks about whether they will be a part of it. Congratulations to them, because it has literally, I think, been years in the making. I think they started this whole process in 2016. Long-awaited, so phenomenal news. Yeah, great for American football in the Highlands where we know that uh, there's a lot of participation in. So it, I think it just um, gives the sport up here recognition of how popular it is. And, you know, they had a great season uh, winning the Saltire Division uh, in 2021. So they deserve the accolade and uh, I'm sure they'll do the region proud next season. I kind of feel to an extent like I'm rattling through some of these. There's, of course, plenty more to read on Highland News and Media websites and in the newspapers themselves. If you want to find out a bit more, maybe get a little bit more of the, the reaction, the previews, uh, more of the context, I suppose, around some of the things we're talking about. Uh, Will, is there anything else that's caught your eye this week? Congratulations to 15-year-old Sophie Mapplebeck, who became a Scottish judo champion for the fourth time. 
the Inverness Royal Academy people, uh, took part in our first competition since the first lockdown and won all six of our bouts to become a national champion. Fantastic achievement from a rising star in the sport in this country. Uh, a family that loves their judo, her dad Mark, runs the Northern Judo Club at Tilton Community Centre, and he's been involved in the sport for 30 years himself. And uh, she's also won two gold medals at British Championship level. So she's certainly earning a, a reputation in the sport and one to watch in the future. So if you've got an Inverness courier, give her a story a read today. We shouldn't forget Eiler, a major um, sporting event is returning to Inverness after two years this weekend. Of course, I'm speaking about the Inverness Force Quads and Small Boats Head. Uh, it's a rowing event to me and you, uh, taking place on Saturday and Sunday. 550 crews from across Scotland are taking part in this on the Caledonian Canal. Um, they're going to be uh, racing a 4,500-metre course from Dock Garrick to the finishing line. Uh, at the club Boathouse, which is close to Tomahurek Bridge. Of course, I'm speaking about Inverness Rowing Club. Um, but uh, it should be quite a spectacle. So if you find yourself near the Caledonian Canal, you know, taking the action, it uh, takes place on Saturday between quarter past 11 and three o'clock. And on Sunday, same time, uh, well, slightly earlier, 10.45 a.m. till about three o'clock. But yeah, it should be worth watching. And go along and give your support. It's great to see another major sport event coming back to Inverness. I'd imagine if you're down by the Caledonian Canal, it'd be pretty tough to miss 550 <laughs> crews. That's that's a huge number, isn't it? It's a record number as well. So congratulations to the organisers for attracting so many, especially after the event was cancelled last year due to the pandemic. So yeah, uh, there still will be COVID restrictions in place. Um, visitors won't be allowed in the clubhouse as previously but there will be a lot of facilities available and like you say we've, we've touched on it a few times this year as various different things have come back it's great to see stuff like this regatta back on the calendar but we've seen most things coming back under restrictions um with you know adaptations having to be made to fields i think you know the, the inverness marathon was a, a, maybe a thousand or two smaller uh in terms of the entry field than we've seen it in the past just because of various issues around the pandemic for them to come back this year with a record number that is absolutely phenomenal going so yes exactly right congratulations to them i think it's just the enthusiasm of people not being able to do things for so long they're just eager to get back into the action so uh, yeah it's going to be a great two days i think that's quite a nice positive way to end this uh well if you had any more word from cliff richard about what you're going to be doing on your couple of weeks off no, well, he's getting the bus. Right, um, okay. But you still don't gonna, know where you're going on it. Well, it's actually going to be the bus he used in the film Summer Holiday back in 1962. And he's got it in his garage. So um, it's going to be a magical mystery tour. It's going to be a busman's holiday. <laughs> well, I'm sure you can look forward to that. Um, we'll see you back on Balls and Whistles in a couple of weeks. Next time out, we've actually got a special episode coming up. Which behave yourself. I, I've kept fairly tight-lipped, and I think that's basically all you're going to get as a wee teaser. It's it's going to be me on my own putting that one together, but it is going to be a, a special episode. Make sure you keep an eye out for that. 
Um, if you want to get into contact with Balls and Whistles, of course, you can do on Twitter at Balls underscore Whistles, or you can email Balls and Whistles at hnmedia.co.uk. We'll always put both of those in the description of the episode, so you don't have to worry about writing it down. It's right there for you if you want to copy and paste it uh, into the relevant places. Until next time then, have a good week everybody and thank you for listening.